Now, although we've been looking at Galatians uh, over the last number of weeks, we're going to do something just slightly different, but hopefully complementary this morning. Uh, we're going to look at Romans 8, and Romans 8, verses 1 through to 17. It's entitled in the NIV, Life Through the Spirit. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit. Who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if we indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Amen. God will bless his reading from his holy word. Now, if you do have uh, your Bible there with you this morning, let's turn back to Romans chapter 8 as we uh, have a brief think about this uh, passage this morning. Now, as things are a wee bit different this morning with us having the two services, I don't want to continue our series in Galatians, which, God willing, we'll pick up 
uh, next week. But I thought it would be useful for us uh, to at least pick up on the theme of life in the Spirit. You see, what we sometimes forget, but we really should remember and really should be obvious to us, is that Paul wrote a number of the letters in the New Testament. Sometimes we we see them as uh, individual uh, letters and they don't relate uh, to the other letters. But obviously, some of the themes that Paul would speak about in one letter, such as Galatians, he's obviously going to pick up those themes in the other letters uh, too. And sometimes if there's something that we really struggle with in one of the letters, we don't quite understand it, it can be useful to go to another letter and see what Paul says about it there. And so it is this morning as we think about life in the Spirit. We looked at life in the Spirit uh, from Galatians last week, and we see some very similar themes here in Romans 8 uh, this morning. Now, last week we saw in Galatians Paul encouraging the Galatian Christians to live not by the law, but by the Spirit. And if they are living by the Spirit, with the Spirit living within them, then they're not going to be living for themselves, but living for God. Now, last week we saw Paul answering the question about if you're a Christian, and the law law no longer applies to you, does that just mean you can live out life any way you want to? Because it really doesn't matter. God's going to forgive you anyway. Sometimes you hear that in society, don't you? You know, if God's going to forgive me anyway, then can I not just live out my life, you know, any way I please? And we saw how Paul saw that as completely perverse. Why would you use your freedom that you have in this spirit to indulge the sinful nature. Why would you do that? And Paul's reason for that was because if you're a Christian, then something happens to you. You're not left unchanged. It's it's not an intellectual transaction. Something happens in your very soul, in your heart. What happens? But when you believe and trust in Jesus, then the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you. Remember in John's gospel how when Jesus was resurrected from the dead and he he met with the disciples for the very first time? Do you remember what happened there? Now, this is pre-Pentecost, remember? He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That's what happened. The promised Holy Spirit And if we're a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells within. The Holy Spirit who is opposed to the flesh. Now, in thinking once more about this from Romans 8 today, I just want to focus on a couple of things because time is a wee bit tight this morning. The first thing I want to focus upon is the very first part of this passage where Paul writes, For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is now no condemnation. There is no condemnation. Jesus came into the world and he became a a sin offering. He paid for our sin. We we remember, don't we, all the, the sacrifices that were made in the temple in the Old Testament. Burnt offerings, fellowship offerings, sin offerings. But of course, the sin offerings in terms of animals being slaughtered 
That wasn't able to take away our sin. It was a sign, a symbol of what was to come. And then Jesus came. And Jesus is the true sacrifice. He's the one who comes, who becomes a sin offering, who pays for our sin and covers us with his righteousness so that we're we're no longer of the flesh, but we are of the Spirit. This morning, later in our service, we're going to be having a baptism. And you don't quite see the symbolism in baptism with a, a child. You see it more as an adult. But in baptism, what happens? Well, if you've ever seen an adult baptism, the, there's a going down into the water is dying. You die with Christ. But what also happens? You rise again with Christ. That's what happens as we are made clean in Jesus. And so when you believe and trust in Jesus, something happens. You die. Your old person dies. And you are born afresh. And you're born again. We're covered by Jesus' righteousness. And we're no longer of the flesh, but we're of the Spirit. That's what it means to be born again. And so there is now no condemnation. No condemnation. Now, sometimes in our lives, we can become paralyzed by sin, can't we? And even if we're a Christian, we can fall into the the trap of thinking that that because we still sin, and, and we all do, when we still live in this dark and broken world, we all still fall into sin. There's still part of the old person that that is still here in the mortal body. And because we all sin... Sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking, you know, God can't possibly forgive us. How can I truly be a Christian when I've been doing this, when I've been thinking that, when I've said this to my husband or or wife, when I've said this to my neighbor, when I've upset that person? How can God possibly forgive us? I want you to see the great truth in this passage. For all who are in Christ Jesus, there is no no condemnation. None at all. Now, why is that? Because Jesus fully paid the price for our sin, all our sin, past, present, and future. That's quite mind-blowing, isn't it? God knows what sins you're going to commit in the future. That's quite something, isn't it? And he's forgiven you already. He has forgiven you completely, totally. doesn't give us an excuse for sinning. We're still accountable for that. But as we come to the cross, as we see what Jesus has done there, we recognize there is no condemnation. He's taken all our sin upon himself. And he fully meets the righteous requirement of the law. And so when we do sin, we simply need to come afresh to the cross and and ask for forgiveness, the place where forgiveness is freely given. We're not to be paralyzed by sin because we're set free from it in Jesus. Is that not wonderful? Because as we thought about last week, when we are a Christian, 
the Holy Spirit dwells within us and we are changed. And, and this is the second thing I, w- I want to think about today. So first thing is no condemnation. And maybe today you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, I feel condemned. I feel like God could never accept me. He has. In Jesus, there's no condemnation. But the second thing I want to think about today is about the Spirit dwelling within. You see, before we were a Christian, our our minds were, were set on what the flesh desires earthly things. And that leads to death. But when we're a Christian, the Spirit dwells within us. And we desire, we begin to desire what the Spirit desires. And as Paul says in verse 6, the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. When we live by the Spirit, we're completely changed. Now, what I want you also to notice is that Paul makes it clear that this change is for all who are in Christ. As he says in verse 9, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, then they do not belong to Christ. Now, sometimes we might hear it said that, you know, you, you can be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's not said in those terms, but You know, you maybe go to a church, they never speak about the Holy Spirit at all. Or they might say that the Holy Spirit is is only for, for certain people. Sometimes we get that impression, don't we? But no, every Christian has the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't indwell them, that's what Paul is saying here, then they aren't truly a believer. It's the Holy Spirit who gives life. Because the Spirit, and this is amazing when you look at this passage, the Spirit who raised Jesus is living in us. And of course, that ought to make sense, oughtn't it? Because Jesus is the first fruits. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. And we follow in his footsteps. As Jesus was resurrected from the dead, so that is our hope, that we too will be resurrected from the dead. As Jesus is in the presence of the Father. So that is our hope. That we too will be in the presence of our Father. Now if these two things are true this morning. That there is no condemnation. And that the Spirit lives in us. And brings life and peace. Then we need to live in the reality of these truths. We need to live by the Spirit, not living in fear or in slavery, but realizing that the Lord is our Father. He is Abba. And we are His children. And we are heirs of God. You see, so often we get this wrong, don't we? We're ground down. We think God is constantly, you know, niggling at us, condemning us. Whereas God is like the father in the story of the prodigal son, looking, watching, waiting for the prodigal to come home. So often we get it wrong, don't we? We live trying to fulfill the law, 
or we live trying to to please ourselves. But if we're truly a Christian, the Spirit lives in us, and we are forever changed. And so I simply ask you this morning, do you know that change? Do you know the change that the Spirit brings? Do you really know it within? Maybe you just need to call out to God and say, Lord, I want to know more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to know this peace. I want to know this joy. I want to know this life. I want to know that there is no condemnation. I want to have the assurance of faith. Do you know that change? Do you know that there is no condemnation if you're a Christian? That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Have you been struggling for years and years with sinful nature, with different things in your life? If you're a true believer in Jesus, there is no condemnation. He's paid the whole cost for your sin. What wonderful truth. Do you know forgiveness, hope, and life? Do you know the Spirit dwelling within? These are great and wonderful and deep truths this morning. You see, Paul's whole point in Romans and in Galatians is if we can live in the Spirit. Why would you live by the flesh? That's the point, isn't it? You see, sometimes we we have this idea, I want to be in control of my life. I want to do what I want to do. We think that's what brings freedom. But what brings freedom? is saying to the Lord, Lord, you take control of the steering wheel of my life. You lead me on the way. And you can just sit back and enjoy the ride. And it's wonderful. Why would you live by the flesh when you live by the Spirit? So I encourage you today, as we thought about last week, Let's live by the Spirit. Let's walk in step with the Spirit. Let's know the Spirit dwelling within. Let's be a people who are changed. And let's be salt and light in the place where the Lord has set us. You see, when the Spirit dwells within, we cannot but be changed. People will notice the difference. That's what we long for, isn't it? That as we live and step with the Spirit, others will notice that they too will come into the kingdom. That they too will find their salvation in Jesus, the one in whom there is no condemnation. 